Aloha and welcome to Hawaii Together on the Think Tech Hawaii Broadcasting Network. I'm Joe Kent, Executive Vice President of the Grassroot Institute of Hawaii, filling in today for Kelly Yakina. He's the President and CEO of the organization. Now today we're talking about cesspools. In 2017, Hawaii adopted a law requiring that all of the state's 88,000 cesspools be converted to septic or sewer or another wastewater treatment uh, disposal system by the year 2050. That's only like 26 or 27 years away. But cesspool conversion can be really expensive, ranging from around 40 to $50,000 for some homeowners. So today we're gonna talk more about that with our guest. So today joining me is Lance Owens, a Hawaii Island realtor with Luva Real Estate, and he's the immediate past president of the West Hawaii Association of Realtors. Thanks so much for joining me, Lance. Thank you, Joe, for the invitation. So cesspools, um, lawmakers uh, don't like them. And uh, that's a good thing because cesspools do, um, you know, have an environmental impact, as do many other wastewater treatment uh, things. But in 2017, they passed a law requiring that Hawaii's cesspools all be upgraded. So what was the thinking behind that law? I think they've been doing a lot of testing of waters along the beach. And of course, it's coming up with uh, pollution that they state uh, can only be coming from from a cesspool or, or a septic tank or, you know, so it's a, a human waste type uh, matter. So it's important to uh, protect our reefs and protect our drinking water because if it's coming, um, you know, through the surface and making it to the to the ocean, you know that it's also going into the uh, the underground water well. So it's important that we that we do something about this soon. I see. So it contributes to, um, you know, the in environmental effects. And where do cesspools lie, though? Where, where are most of the cesspools in Hawaii? So you get the, the biggest majority of them are on the big island um, of Hawaii. You know, we've got, uh, I think it's like 49,000 of the 88,000 that are statewide. So it's 60% of the homes on the big island uh, are, are, are on a cesspool, so basically every two out of three homes. And if you go to to uh, like to Oahu, uh, they've got three percent of their homes are on cesspools. So it's quite a bit of different things. So we've always said it's an outer island problem. I think um, Maui and Kauai come in the close second behind the Big Island, but there's a lot less homes on those islands, so the numbers aren't quite as high. But that's where the biggest problems are is, is with the outer islands. So 60% are on the Big Island. Now, why is that? What was sort of the history or, or reasoning by behind only 3% being on Oahu, but 60% being on the Big Island? I think it it's um, it has to do with the exact name of our island, right? The Big Island. So we're just so huge. Um, and to get the infrastructure out to where people live and to do things, it's just not feasible in a lot of cases. So uh, for many, many years, all the way up until 2015, they were allowing uh, homeowners to put in a cesspool. Um, and a lot of people uh, before then were, were, there were some areas that they were requiring a, a septic tank, but it's just the, the layout is so far and, and uh, the distances, and we don't have a lot of soil on the Big Island. It's a lot of lava rock and a lot of uh, infrastructure is quite a bit more expensive, I think, to, to put in. 
I see. So can you talk about the difference then we're talking today about cesspools, septic systems, um, there might be other types of systems. So uh, what are all the different types of, let's start with um, a cesspool and a septic system. What's the difference? Okay. So a cesspool is typically, um, you know, your, your most common cesspool is a big cement um, like cylinder put into the ground and it's got holes in all the sides of it, uh, perforations so that liquids can in, um, seep out of it and go in. And basically it will, it, it filters itself as it goes through the ground and by the time it gets to drinking water or uh, beaches and things like that in a perfect world it would it would be um, filtering it and taking care of itself but we know it doesn't do it all the way um, there's still stuff that it doesn't get processed and gets put into the ground um, so you've got this the, the the biggest worry about it is a, this cylinder sitting in the ground with all the holes in it and it doesn't have a solid bottom on it um, the bottom's typically filled with rocks and then around the sides of it's filled with rocks and uh, it works its way out and in, into the uh, into the earth and if you jump over to a uh, a septic tank itself so a septic tank is is a big plastic tank in the ground and then it has um lines that run off of it it'll have a big line typically that would go to a box that would almost be like a splitter another container that would send it off to three or four or five or six rows of perforated material that would uh exactly what the cesspool did is it would start putting it into the ground and spreading it out on a little bit bigger uh, area uh, and the big point of it is in the plastic tank itself is going to, uh, the solids are going to sit in there and they're going to break down uh, a little bit better because they're, they're longer and they can't penetrate into the ground. But it does have to be maintained. And they recommend, I think, a lot of times that you pump that thing anywhere from two to five years, depending on your household and, and what you're doing Um there, you know, how many how many people are in the home and things like that. So, Oh, I uh, see. The so the so is... is the cesspool oh, is kind of like a, a, a cement cylindrical um, structure in the ground, whereas the septic system is kind of like a plastic tank, but they both filter into the ground somehow. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Both of them filter out into the ground, and um, it's... You'll hear the argument with with the cesspool, it can't get through those rocks itself. It's holding the solids in there until they break on enough to actually be able to penetrate into the ground system. With a septic tank, it's holding it in this plastic tank, and the tubes would probably sit about in the middle of the tank or up to, near the top, but not at the top. And then the tubes would go out into the ground and disperse the liquids that way. Um, so the the working theory behind that is that that if you did come in and, and you had all the sludge on the bottom of the tank that you would get it pumped every few years oh, okay but solid right, so, um, wastewater. what is the um advantage then of the septic tank over the cesspool is it is it that much more effective i mean they're both seeping into the ground somehow uh the septic tank is a little better a lot better I, most of the, you'll hear testimony of, uh, you know, both sides uh, saying that it's, you know, I'm not a scientist, so I'll, I'll just say that right now, but I have looked at a lot and read a lot of the testimony from the different sides, and 
Um, without a doubt, there is an improvement with a septic tank, but it is a it's a minor improvement. Uh, it's very small, and like you said earlier, at thirty or forty thousand, or even fifty thousand dollars at home, to have such a minor improvement, I think at some point you need to um, you need to look at financially if it's if if it's worth it. I mean, we we all want a perfect groundwater, but at what cost? I see, and and there's other. Um, types of systems. There's a municipal wastewater treatment plant. Um, you could plug in, you know, hook your pipe into the wastewater treatment plant and, and do it that way. There's, are there private um, systems too? There's private systems and you'll see that a lot on Big Island again, because of our, you know, the, the way that it's all laid out. A lot of the, um, a lot of the hotels and resorts along the Gold Coast, along, uh, you know, Waikoloa and out in um, Manalani and, and areas like that, they do have their own uh, wastewater systems. My neighbor actually services those. So he's on call 24 hours a day. If something happens, they got to get out there right away. But it, it those work really, really good because what they're doing is they're, they're actually treating the water. And then a lot of it is put on those big lush uh, golf courses that you see out there. Um, they're spraying it out through the air and then into the ground that way. And that's after it's been through several layers of treatment. And so when it reaches the ground and gets down to groundwater, that is, um, I don't think there's anything that gets by and makes it into the ground in those situations. Okay. So what are the, what are the consequences of this mandate? I mean, it's, it's a, a nice idea to say that all cesspools across the state have to be replaced, but what, is the cost and what will this actually do to uh, real people affected by this? That's the big question because there's a lot of unintended consequences. You know, I was, uh, I've been selling real estate here in Kona for 19 years, almost 20 years, I think. And um, back in 2005, the EPA made uh, made it mandatory for gang cesspools to be closed. And you say uh, um, a lot gang, of subdivision. What's a, what is a gang cesspool? So gang uh like a like a gangster gang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it would um so what what they would have is um six, seven homes uh running into one big cesspool. So uh and it would be like in a cul-de-sac or be somewhere else where that got filtered into the ground. So the uh the, the EPA came in and ruled that those had to be closed down by the year two thousand five. So, um, so everybody was, was working on getting that done. But what happened is they allowed some areas to say, well, if you have a plan, if, if you can tell us you're going to do something, if, if a sewer is coming in or something's happening in the near future, then go ahead and submit a plan and we won't make you do anything right away. So a lot of these subdivisions did submit the plans and, you know, one of the, like Kilohana, I think it is here in, in Kona talked about having it go down um, Kapuna Street and then down to the uh, the wastewater system that runs along the Lee Drive. But after about five years, the EPA came in and said, you know, this isn't any, they haven't even broke ground and this isn't going to happen. So we, we want those tanks closed. So initially, so what was happening when appraisers were coming out and appraising homes that were being sold in that area, they were notifying the banks that, uh, that the, the, these homes were not in the EPA compliance. So the banks wouldn't loan money on them. So it kind of will bring housing to a, to a halt, you know, and a lot of people 
don't quite understand how that happens and and why. But but what's happening is the banks realize that when when they loan money on a property, they're in first position. Banks will never loan in second or third position for the primary loan. So in a case like um, like with an EPA fine or something happening with that, uh, that that would turn into a lien and that lien would supersede the bank's lien. And the banks don't like that. So the banks just oh. put the money. Yeah. So, so so the banks are second in line on that loan if there was a lien on it. And so they might get nothing or, or crumbs on that deal. And and so yeah. that's why they're hesitant to do that on these um, um, homes that are out of compliance with the EPA. Um, yes. So if if the state then is trying to mandate that all homes um, upgrade their cesspools, then what will happen if a, a, a home doesn't? Will they have trouble getting a loan if they want to get sold and things like that? I've spoken to bankers, and there was actually bankers on that cesspool working um, group, the cesspool conversion working group. And I think everybody um, pretty much understood that, yeah, the banks do not want to loan if it's going to be in a in a, a non-compliance issue. So by creating these timelines, you know, they're trying to move up the dates to 2030 and 2035. I did see the bill was just amended the other day um, to to state 2035 and 2040 now. When I and the bill that, you're talking about is um, SB 426 at the legislature. There might be yes. some related bills, but that one would hasten yeah. the date for cesspools I mean, we talked earlier in the program about all cesspools have to be upgraded to a septic system or some other system by the year 2050. But now we're talking about the year 2035 for the priority ones. Is that right? Yeah. So priority one would be 2035, which there's about 13,000 of them in the state right now. And then priority twos would be by the year 2040. So that's going to give us, let's say priority ones. Let's talk about those because those are the ones closest to the ocean. Those are the ones that are probably selling more than more than other homes. Um, and these homes would be subject to that. So in 11 years, when you got back, when you got closer down to five years or four years, things like that, the banks are going to, the banks are going to realize that these homes are, are out of compliance uh, and the ability or chances of them getting into compliance by the time, um, you know, that they, the loan would be, I don't want to say mature, but before the loan be paid off, it would be very, um, very uh, critical that, that, that it wouldn't happen. So they wouldn't loan money on it. And that's, that's speaking to local bankers. It wouldn't start right away. It would start as it got closer. They would look at those. I things. see. So in, other, in a way, this is kicking the problem down the road um, for uh, some future homeowners to deal with. And but the problem would be a complete icing out of loans from banks for uh, homes that are out of compliance with the cesspool rules. So if you you know had a home that was in the priority zone and it didn't upgrade in ten years, let's say, then there could be real problems with that. Yeah, I. I agree absolutely and i think the big thing is is to keep in mind because i you know i was watching some of the testimony um on that bill and it was interesting that a lot of the lawmakers and stuff didn't quite understand how that how that worked and what it does but once it becomes enforceable by the department of health you know they have to get these homes to comply with it 
So I'm going off of past experience and how it happened with past experience and when homes weren't in weren't um, in in line with what was being done, the bank stopped loaning on it, and that was that was uh, was a real problem. And we were having to get these homes converted while we were in escrow, but there was very 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 little numbers. You know, right now um, the, we're talking four hundred and something a month need to be done. And that's uh, mathematically impossible to get done. So it's. But um, I see in the bill it says, well, at least it tries to address that a little bit by saying that no penalty or other assessment for any violation shall constitute a lien on the real property mm -hmm. and no seizure of property shall be authorized for any violation. So just by saying that, does it make it so? It, it could. So that was very interesting. Interesting because that was thrown in in the evening on Tuesday during this testimony. So there was a brand new amendment on it, um, which is basically going to create a bill that has no teeth and is unenforceable. So I don't know what the purpose of this bill would be at this point without it being enforceable. Oh, interesting. Well, let's talk about different um, solutions and reforms that might help or or even just different ideas. Um a decentralized wastewater treatment plant. You talked before about a gang uh, cesspool system where you um, have a bunch of homes hooked into one cesspool to, I, I assume, to save on costs. So is there a way to um, save on costs without cesspools, but with some kind of a, a different type of system? So there are different um, there are different systems out there, and again, I, you know, I'm not a scientist. So I don't want to get, get too deep into those. I kind of look at these things from from a fiscal view and and what it's going to do for homeowners and protecting property rights. Basically, this is uh, there's areas where there are a large amount of of cesspools where they can run these systems that are 20, 30, 40 homes on them, even up to upwards of even more homes on them that could be uh that could utilize a system like that i just got off the phone with the mayor um before this i before this uh, show i wanted an update from him on kind of what they were doing and he had told me that they are they have reached out to the state and to the federal government um for uh some grants on on working on some of these different projects so so they are actively pursuing uh, grant money right now for that but even um, grant money or, or government money or federal funds or taxpayer money, um, that's just a drop in the bucket. I mean, I think I saw a, um, a tax rebate or a, a credit program where folks could get $10,000 if they're towards their cesspool upgrade. Um, so how much money is in the fund and, and, <laughs> and are people using that and does it help? So they, they started a, a, a pilot program. Uh, they had $5 million they put in the program and that offered up to um, 220 people, I believe, $20,000 uh, grant money for a uh, cesspool to conversion to either get it hooked into the sewer or get it converted to a septic tank. So that's kind of the scary thing because because if, if we're giving away government money to, to fund um, $20,000, $30,000, say the homeowner has to put in 10 because a lot of these are going to be close to 30000 a lot of that money is going to just be for, for a little tiny fix. Uh, I think that we really need to focus that 
grant money and things like that onto upgrading the uh, the wastewater systems themselves. Because I think if you look at the cost of it now, I think it's to do these eighty eight thousand is about a five billion dollar um, endeavor. So I think a lot of that could be used to upgrade uh, a lot of sewer systems in the areas. Yeah, it seems to we me that uh, the- five million five million dollars is uh, just a drop in the bucket for a five billion dollar problem. Uh, and like you say, yeah. the wastewater treatment uh, plants are badly in need of uh, updates. I think Hilo's wastewater treatment plant is so badly outdated that it could fail at any moment, which could be an environmental disaster, of course. And the county says it needs $100 million to do that. So that's another question. Why is wastewater so badly maintained on the Big Island? And maybe some other counties, too. Yeah, I think that... It, it kind of gets back to, again, our size and the distance. We've got to run things. You know, we've all heard how you can fit all the islands on the big island. There's still a lot of land left over. So you concentrate, a, you know, a million people on the little island of Oahu. You've got a lot of money going in. You've got a lot of taxes being paid. you got a lot of, you know, they, they bill you for the sewer system on your water. But I know in the few areas that have it here on the big island, uh, it is in April, it goes up to $54 a month or to maintain these wastewater plants. Um, but, you know, the distance from that we're running for for one wastewater plant is probably a distance a half of, of Oahu just to run to the one. And same thing, Puna's having the same problem. So it's such huge distances. You know, a lot of those properties in Puna are, are on at least an acre, if not um, three acres. And we run into that when we get down to areas like Kau and things like that, you've got the largest subdivision in, in the United States is what people call it with uh, 10,000 one acre lots. And I think another 3,000 three acre lots below the highway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's know, an irony because it, it's an irony because um, it seems to me that the more concentrated uh, and dense people live, then the easier it is to deal with the wastewater treatment issue because then you just have a central, like the county could just make a, or build a, a wastewater treatment plant and, and plug in and plug everyone in easily. Whereas if, if it's rural, this seems like a rural prop, a rural problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, a lot of it is, but you know what, when you look at the, actually, if you look at the priority one maps and you've got uh, a huge amount of the priority one is, is right here in Kailakona. And then another part of it's in Puna, and then another uh, another area of it's in the Puaco area. Uh, Puaco was was referred to a lot in the um, during the testimony the other day, and it's interesting because the Puaco area is it's it's very 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 flat land, um, and you look at uh, you Google Earth that that uh, that road you know the town, and you look at several backyards have ponds that are natural ponds in them because it's sitting right on top of the water table. So it's a critical area that these that these septic tanks and these cesspools were built in. And that should be like a priority number one is to get a some type of wastewater system like the hotels are doing themselves out there along that coast. But here in Kailua Kona, a majority of these red, the, the, I call them the red dots, if you look at the uh, cesspool prior, prioritization tool, um, it 
the red dot where all the where all the priority ones are. And a lot of that is right here where it could be hooked into our sewer system. So I think we need to spend a lot of time and effort, you know, just focusing on getting the Kona, um, the Kilo Kona and the Puna ones upgraded because we really have a it's a big majority of, of the priority ones are within those areas that could be tied into that are not tied into them. If you think about the classic role of government is, um, you know, assumed by many popularly to be um, for infrastructure, you know, the government's supposed to provide infrastructure and certainly water treatment would fall into that category. Uh, to me, this seems like um, the county hasn't adequately um, served that water treatment um, for for the citizens. And so a lot of this is, you know, just an infrastructure question. At the same time though, um, I'm wondering how much the county could find private solutions to solve the infrastructure issues. And the 2022 cost of government commission issued a report which stated that the county should consider partnering with the private sector to help with wastewater. Um, and now that seems to be difficult though it's always hard in Hawaii to partner with the private sector because um, we've got laws that get in the way of that but uh, do you think that private options could be available uh, to the county to solve this issue I do think so I, I, there's a, a lot of uh, research and technology out there for that to happen and I do think that that is a uh, that's a good option because you know like we all know I think it would get done a lot quicker and uh, if they can spread out the money at, you know, say the $54 per home that was put onto it and then bring in the, um, the grant money from the government to get this stuff going, uh, the federal government and the state government, I think that's one of the better options. And it's proven, you know, you've got all these resorts around the Big Island that are already doing that. You know, they have people here trained. Of course, it's like it's like every place. We don't have enough um, enough people here trained to do it. But. You know, that, that brings to, to another option. You know, this has got to be done by 2050. You've got kids graduating from high school that could retire at this. You know, it's like we need to reach out to our youth and keep them here in Hawaii, keep them home and, and not going off to the mainland for jobs. You know, there's a that's a good industry and it pays good money and it's a, it's a respectable in, industry. And I would like to see high school promoting things like this would be mm -hmm. good because 88,000 by the year 2050. And again, this is a lot, a lot of that needs to be done. And a lot of it's going to have to be maintained. So if we do do the, the private systems, um, they are going to have to be maintained by somebody that's, that has education, is knowledgeable, and and, and be a good career. Well, um, you know, what do you say to all the folks who um, have maybe – cash poor and land poor in on the Big Island and across the state, they don't have $50,000 sitting around to deal with this issue. And now they're being um, forced to do this. Um, what do you say to the folks who are worried about that and to lawmakers who are considering this? You know, that's interesting because I, I looked that up the other day. It, it had me concerned and I looked at, so last year on the Big Island, there were 1,600 um, plus 1,640 homes, I think, sold that were on a uh, cesspool. So that gives me a good, uh, you know, a good uh, field to, to look at. The median price for these homes was $495,000. 
So that tells you right there, you know, these aren't the big million dollar oceanfront homes that this is happening to. This is oh, and and now uh, we have we have thirty seconds left. By the way, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so. Yeah, sorry. So it, it, it's, you know, go to the government and we need to have them working on getting um, the upgraded uh, um, systems in place. The not the cesspools, but the wastewater system. Let's work on them. Let's let's get together. Let's let's help them. Well, thanks so much for the intro class to this issue. It's an issue that's, uh, you know, can be seem, um, you know, remote, but actually it's it's coming. And it's something that we all need to pay attention to. Thanks so much for joining us, Lance. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Have a great day. And thank you to watching to uh, the uh, Think Tech Hawaii and Hawaii Together. Until next time, aloha. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.